Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. We are in a series at the moment called How to Adults. And we are in week two of this series. And this series is not about becoming a, uh, an adult physically. I look around the room today. I see many of you. Some of you are on your way over there. Many of you have made it though. So you are already adults. Congratulations. Well done. But we're talking about becoming a spiritually mature person. How many of us understand it is important to grow and become a spiritually mature person? So when do, when do we really become spiritually mature? How do you become a mature person? Would we say... That when a person turns 18 years old, they are a mature person. It doesn't look like a lot of confidence in the room, especially from this section over here. Like there's not a lot of confidence in there. And of course, we know that you don't just wake up one day and become a mature person. In fact, I'd go ahead and say this, the maturity and age do not necessarily go hand in hand. They can but they don't necessarily go hand in hand. In fact, on the way to being a mature person, it's about progress. It's about steps. You actually become a mature person over time and going through experiences, yeah? Well, when you go through those experiences, as you go through moments in life, they can often prepare you for things that are coming, yeah? We call those experiences preparation, the things that we go through, we call it preparation for what could happen in our lives. Because one of the things that I've discovered about life is that we all have moments. Every one of us has had a moment. A moment where a situation landed on your doorstep, a situation that was outside of your control, Sometimes they come in the form of financial moments. You stress about maybe not having enough resource. They can come in the form of sickness. They can come in the form of relationships. And it's like in that moment, it demands a response from you. Have you ever had a situation that just demanded an immediate response from you? And what we wanna do is make sure that we're preparing well so that we can handle those tricky moments in life. How do you handle it? when you have bad news that knocks at your door? How do you handle it when things are kind of outside of your control? Well, guys, you know, the truth is you got options. You got options for how you can handle those tricky moments in life. One of those things that you can do is you can worry. It's an option, it's an option. You can worry about things that are coming up. In fact, when we talk about worry, worry is specifically about things that haven't happened yet. Now, sometimes bad things can happen in life and we can be reeling from that experience and maybe it leads us into a, a, a difficult situation. But when we talk really about worry, worry is about something that you anticipate, it's about something in the future. And worry is something that affects so many people's lives. You know, Jesus said this, he said in Matthew 6, 34, Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Tomorrow will be anxious for itself. In other words, he's saying, don't give mental energy to the things that are going to happen tomorrow because that's not helping you today. Yeah? Don't give mental energy to things that could happen tomorrow because that's not going to help you today. 
Someone once said, worry is like a rocking chair. It'll give you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. <laughs> ah, it's true. That's true. And so we got to figure out what to do with our worry. If we don't deal with worry, worry can become fear. Worry can become anxiety. It can start to develop in your life. You know, on the way to adulting, we got to figure out what to do with worry. I think many of us have faced those moments in life. You know, it's a, it's a moment that happened. Something shifted. You heard a rumour, some news, something that could come to your door. And you just, it takes you by surprise. Many of us have had those moments. Sometimes those moments will happen in a general sense. You can worry about things in a general sense. So, so uh, do I have enough money in my superannuation to retire now? Okay, so maybe you're not waking up and, you know, freaking out about it every day. I don't know, maybe you are, you know, but, but it's, it's worry in a, in a general sense. Sometimes people just might, you know, worry in a general sense that, you know, they've just decided to build a house and the entire industry is crashing down around them right now and they're waiting on materials. It's just projecting people. So you can worry about a lot of things. Sometimes you might worry that you're about to start a church service with nine baptisms and the uh, music system has just crashed and all the computers crash. And you know, you got options, you can worry about it. So, so sometimes things, you know, they can be worry in a general sense. Like we worry about things that might come up. Sometimes things demand your immediate attention though. I'll give you an example of this. Years ago, I was working over in America. I worked at a ski resort and I lived with a group of internationals who were all living together, but not on, we weren't on the mountain. We were further down the mountain. And one day uh, the snow came and man, it just, it just blanketed everything. So the road that we would take to get up to the ski resort was shut down. Well, we had this guy who, uh, you know, lived in that area. Um, let's just call him Jason because that was his name. And Jason, uh, Jason, was, um, uh, Jason was a little loose. Let's just say that. Jason was a person that we weren't really quite sure as a group of internationals whether we could really trust him. So... When we found out that we weren't able to get through the main roads, he turned up in a minibus and he said, hey, I tell you what, I know how to get you to the mountain because it was such a good snow day. They thought we're gonna have a lot of customers. We've got to get our workforce up there. So he said, everybody pile into the minibus and I'm gonna take the back roads. Well, the back roads were mountainous terrain. They were thin roads uh, and, and really windy roads with sharp sort of, you know, cliff-like drop-offs on the other side. We already didn't trust Jason. He says, get in the car, so we, we, or get in the minibus. So we all hop in the bus and, and we start to drive up these roads. And as we're driving, we start to notice we are going like way, way too fast. And I don't mind telling you, I was worried. I was a little worried. We didn't have chains on our tire. We had snow tires, but at the speed we were doing, it would not have helped us any little bit. So we're driving along and, and this guy is, you know, not only just driving too fast, but he's taking the inside lane on blind corners. And we started to say from the back, Jason, I don't think this is good. You need to slow down. Well, Jason wasn't taking advice at that point. He was really just doing his own thing. And of course the inevitable happened. We went around a corner, a car was coming the other way and he jumped on the brakes and we kind of slid to a stop. Guys, don't overlook that last part that I just said. We slid to a stop, all right? That's kind of a little bit freaky when you're on the side of a mountain. So the car stopped. Luckily, we didn't have an accident, but we realized we need to get off the road because now no traffic can get through. So Jason decides that he's going to reverse back down the mountain. 
Now, the thing is, we were saying, look, there's no need to use the accelerator. Uh, gravity will do its thing. Jason, just roll back. But Jason is not taking advice. So he just decides we're gonna reverse down a little quicker. So we're going backwards down a mountain with windy roads, right? And we realize if we try to stop now, we are in so much trouble. So we're in the back going, Jason, I think you need to slow down because now we're all worried, like really worried. Like, do I need to call my family? Like I'll never see you again, kind of worried, you know? And what happens is we start, we start to take a sharp corner and Jason jumps on the brakes we did not slow down at all, but we're going backwards. Fortunately, the snow plow had gone through earlier and had built up this embankment of snow that was actually quite hard and rigid. The minibus punched a hole straight through that wall and now the back of the bus is over the edge of the mountain. The wheels, the back wheels are on the ground. Not on the road, guys, they are on the ground, but the back of the bus is now hanging off the edge of the mountain. So how many of you know, we're a little worried. We're a little worried at this point. And then slowly calculated one by one, we made our way into the aisle and slowly made our way to the front and we got off the bus. Now, somehow we, you know, I think someone towed us back onto the road and, and guys, the good news is we made it. We, we all live to tell the tale, right? But I'm telling you, sometimes fear is a good thing and it's warranted, right? So when that situation is happening, I'm, I'm fearful for my life. I'm worried about it. Fear can be a good thing. It's like you get a rush of adrenaline in your body and it sometimes helps you to narrow the focus or maybe move quickly out of the way of danger. I've seen people do impossible things when fear and adrenaline has filled them. When we were kids, we were on a holiday. We went to the Isle of Pines and we're, you know, swimming around in the water. I'm actually on the beach and I noticed that there was a sea snake that everyone was crowding around. We were looking at it. So my mom is coming up out of the water and I said to her, I said, Mom, there's a sea snake, right? And she thought it was behind her. So now two people in history have walked on water, my mom and Jesus. <laughs> I told you, people will do impossible things when they are filled with a dream. I've never seen anybody move like that. So look, my point is, is that sometimes good things can happen from fear, right? But imagine this, okay, back to the bus. Imagine if I got to my workplace that day, got to the mountain and it's lunchtime and I'm still being pumped with adrenaline. What if I developed a fear where I said, oh, I can't ever get on a bus again. I can't ever catch a bus because of what, might happen. Now that's the kind of fear that ruins your life. That's the kind of fear that wrecks people. And you gotta remember when we talk about fears and worries, when we talk about worry, it's, remember, it's about something that hasn't happened. We're just concerned about tomorrow. Now here's the thing. If I am safe and completely filled with fear, I am not living the life that I've been called to. If I'm presently safe, but I'm still living in fear, that's not the life that I'm called to. I'm missing out on the life that I can have. And I think that there is a life that God calls us to. He calls it a, a full life. I wanna to read to you out of John 10, 10. Jesus said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. That word for abundance is prison. It sounds like prison, but it's not. 
It means way beyond necessity. It means way beyond our wildest dreams. Jesus came to bring a life and to give the kind of life that would be way more than necessary and way beyond our wildest dreams. Now, there is some element of this that is true in eternity, but there is a very real practical today element for what Jesus was talking about that we can live in a present reality that is overflowing with the right things in our lives. Let's call it overflow because I think that that's what Jesus wants to do in our lives. There's meant to be an abundance of things that's flowing out and flowing into our lives. How many people do you know that just worry about stuff? Come on, hands up. Hands up if you know anybody that worries about stuff, right? All right, half of you telling the truth, half of you got your hands down, and you're lying, we'll pray for that after the service, it's fine. Because the reality is, we, we all know people that worry about stuff. You know, and I don't think that this is really the life that God has called us to. You know, when people are overwhelmed by worry, when they're cons- overly concerned, when they're living in fear, but they're presently safe, I, I just feel like, well, I feel like the moments of life can be stolen. Has that ever happened to you? Let's say you're at a family event, family function and everyone else is in the moment. But that moment that's meant to be filled with joy is a moment that's presently being stolen from you because while they're all having one moment, you're having another. Because you can't stop thinking about the last thing the doctor said. You can't stop thinking about all the worries that are happening in your life and you wanna be engaged with your family or you wanna be engaged in that moment, but you're still concerned about other things. I'm telling you, there are moments of joy that are stolen from people all the time because they're just overwhelmed with worry. And that's one of the things that I think the enemy wants to do is to steal good moments. The other thing that happens is it kills your dreams. How can you be dreaming about tomorrow when you're worried about it? All your dreams become nightmares because you're so concerned about what might happen tomorrow. How can you dream of the good things that might happen? And if your dreams are being killed, you know what happens? Your future is destroyed. Because if you're living in fear all the time, living with worry, living with concern, worried about tomorrow, not able to focus or even dream of better things, I'm telling you that kind of person, their future is destroyed. There are so many things for us to worry about. I told you those worries, sometimes they can be financial. Do I have enough money to look after my family? Interest rate rises are going up. Uh, Will we have enough to pay for this? Will I need to get another job? What happens if I lose my job? What happens if I do have that sickness, you know? Hey, listen, here's a word of advice. Never Google your symptoms. Dr. Google will just tell you you're going to die anyway, right? So you look it up and it's like, yep, that's totally, yep, it's going to end in death. You know, like, like don't Google your symptoms, right? But it's easy to just lean into our fears, lean into things that really worry, worry us. There are so many opportunities that we have in life to worry about things. Sometimes we worry about trusting people. Can I really trust the person again? Can I really let this person into my life? For some people, they just, you know, they haven't been to church for a long time. They're worried, can I even trust going back to church? What will it be like? What if I trust another pastor? What if I trust another leader? Sometimes it's not even about church. Sometimes we're just worried about, can we trust God? 
God, what happens if I take a risk and believe that you're going to do something and it doesn't quite work out? Where will I be then? We have so many opportunities to worry about stuff. But here's the thing about that. Worry, worry will keep you from living the life that God has called you to. If you're filled with worries all the time, it'll keep you from living the life that God has called you to. Here's what I know. Every single person in this room, there is a calling of God on your life. Don't believe me? Read the Scriptures. It says each person should live as they are called. So every person, even if you're here today and you are not a believer in Jesus, I think you're still called. You're just further away from living out the expression of that calling. And if you were here today and you have no relationship with God, if you wanna find out why God created you or the purpose that might be on your life, the first step that you take is to accept Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. We just saw nine people get up here and say, that's the decision that they've made for their lives. So they're on track to figure out what God wants them to do. You know, when somebody gives their life to Jesus, it's not the finish line, it's the starting line. You're now at the beginning of really figuring out what God wants you to do with your life. So if you're here today, you have no relationship with God, just so you understand what that means, I'll explain it. The reality is, is that every single one of us have made mistakes in life. The Bible calls that sin. Now, I believe that after we die, we go on to spend time in eternity, but we get to choose right now where we spend it. The Bible says that only perfection will get you into the gates of heaven. <gasps> Everyone goes because we understand that we are not perfect. Here's the good news. We call that the gospel. The good news is that even though you can't live a perfect life, Jesus has actually lived the life that you could never live. And He says, if you want, we can make an exchange by faith. If you believe that Jesus Christ is real and that He died on the cross and paid the penalty for your sins, He will exchange your broken sinful life for His perfect one so that when God looks upon you, He doesn't see your brokenness or your sin. He sees the perfection of His Son. Guys, that's good news. The reality is, is that every single one of us need to make a decision to follow Jesus as our Lord and Saviour. And if we do that, we are on, on track to figuring out who we are and why God made us. Now, if I was just to leave it there and just talk about calling and just talk about, you know, the gospel and how, you know, if, if we just left it and realized, thought it was just maybe a moment, I feel like I would be grossly uh, understating what it really means to live a life in pursuit of God. Like the moment you make that decision, it doesn't just change one little aspect of your life. We don't just graft God into tiny aspects of our life. It's like this all-encompassing thing that takes over our lives. And God says, I want you to now start to live every day by faith. But I've realized on the way to adulting, that's a really big challenge. On the way to adulting, some things get in the way. One of the biggest things that gets in the way is our own fears and our worries. It gets in the way of living out the life that God's called us to. See, when we want to adult, when we're trying to adult, we need to figure out what to do with our worries. There's a story in the Bible uh, about a people group that allowed their worries to get in the way of what God had for them. I'm going to read it to you in just a moment, but just to give you the background, it's a story about Moses who led the people of Israel out of Egypt. You probably heard the story. And so if you know it, you know, Moses leads them out of Egypt. You know, 
away from the most powerful empire of the day. He leads them down to the Red Sea. They say, we're trapped, you know. He parts the Red Sea and leads them through the Red Sea. The Egyptians try to follow. The water covers them up. Now, if you saw something like that, like honestly, if you were part of that generation and you witnessed that, you would be singing anything is possible. Like, wouldn't you? You'd be saying that if God can do that, He can do anything, amen? Well, these people saw that and they still allowed fear to get in the way of what God had promised to them because the thing that He had promised them was a land flowing with milk and honey. They literally called it the promised land. And so Jesus says, or God says, I promise to give this to you. And so they decided that they would check out the lands before they went into it. And so Moses sent out spies from the tribes of Israel to go and see what was promised. And this is what it says in Numbers chapter 13, verse 27. The spies came back and they told him, we came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. However... This is where the, we, the, the, the fears and the worries start to come in. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong. They're strong and the cities are fortified and very large. Guys, not just large, very large, right? And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Like that is the nail in the coffin. Well, if we thought that it was going to be difficult, now the descendants of Anak are there. So um, God, don't know if you're aware of that when you decided to give us the land. He goes on to say, The Amalekites dwell, who, uh, dwell in the land of the Negev, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Promites, the Vegemites, they dwell in the hill country, and the Canaanites, all the knights. You didn't know where that came from. It came from the Bible, right? It's probably not up there. That's probably a good thing, actually. Uh, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea uh, and along by the Jordan. I wonder if they were thinking, yikes, God, this is so embarrassing for you. Like, you said that you were going to give us the promised land, but you didn't know that there was already people in there. Like, I get it, God. Look, you can't be perfect every day, right? I mean, every day and now and then you, you, you make mistakes, right? Like as if somehow God had called them to enter into the promised land and He totally forgot that there were people already there. Like that is embarrassing, an embarrassing day for God. Do, do you think? No. Uh, no, that's true. I mean, the, the reality is they didn't trust God's promise had actually allowed for the problems that they'd face tomorrow. How many people live like that? Where they struggle to trust God. But what if, but what if, oh man, that phrase, but what if? But what if this happens tomorrow? What if that diagnosis is reality? What if I don't have enough money? It's like God, you're living out God's plan for your life, but don't have enough faith to believe that He's actually provided for all the problems that you'd encounter along the way. These people, they were going to quit before they ever even got started. And I wonder how many Christians end up like that. It's like they're so worried about what might happen, they never actually do something. They're filled with the fears of tomorrow, except it's happening today. And they never make a start. When it comes to being a spiritually mature adult, we've got to take our worries to God. Like if we've got them, we've got to take them to God. The spies just took them to the people. They told people all about the problems, but not about the promises. They just talk, talked about the problems. We're meant to take our problems to God. 
You know, at some point in your life, someone is going to come to you and they're going to say something that they mean to be encouraging and they're going to say, hey man, you got this. Hey Dean, you got this. Now, that's totally cool if Dean has it. (laughs) But there are so many things that happen in life that Dean doesn't have. (laughs) And when you don't have it, you know about it. So there might be some, I don't know, some sickness, some diagnosis, some, some thing, some, one of those moments that I was talking about that comes up. And, and if, any, if, if you really want to freak me out, when I feel like I'm out of my depth, just tell me that I've got it. And I will freak out. You know why? Because I know I don't have it. I know I don't have it. Someone means it to be encouraging. Here's what I'm thinking. Pastor Ben, you've got it. I'm going, oh my God, I don't have it. Like, you know, I'm freaking out about it because I know what I've got and I know what I don't. And I know that I know that I'm not the one that needs to have it. See, I may, I may not have it, but he does. The most encouraging thing that you can know is not that you've got it, but he's got it. And if you've got that, that changes everything. I'm going to give you some advice today. It's pretty simple. All of us have worries that creep up at some time, but how many of you know that the simple things to do in life are sometimes the hardest things to do in life, yeah? Well, here's that really simple thing that you can do that'll actually help you. If you give your worries to God, you're not carrying them anymore. And you can do that. You can either hold it and worry about it, Or you could just give it to Him and let Him hold it for you. I know which is the right one to do. And so often we can give our worries to God and our circumstances don't change. But your disposition does. You change. You're different on the inside. Your circumstances are exactly the same, but you're no longer carrying the burden It allows you to move a little bit lighter through life. Listen to something that Jesus said in John 14, 1. He said, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. The word for believe means trust. It means have confidence. It means to rely on. You can completely lean on Him. You can completely trust Him. You see what Jesus is doing, right? He's giving the disciples options. Guys, you've got the option to worry. We already know that. You've got the option. But you could also just trust in me. One of those options is going to steal the moments of joy out of your life. One of those moments is going to kill your dreams or one of those options is going to kill your dreams. One of those options will totally destroy your future, but the other one will give you life. The other one will begin to bring the right things into your life. If you give your worries to Jesus, it'll help you a lot. But if you don't, this is what He said, He said, it won't add a single hour to the span of your life. It's not going to add to your life. And now that you've come to Bright Church, how good is that? 
right? Because now that you know that, you'll, oh, you feel so blessed, right? Because now that you know that, you will never worry again for the rest of your life. Isn't that good? You're welcome. Because you just heard that it's not going to help, right? Well, if it's not going to help, you know, you just don't do it. So that, that helps if you're really, really logical. But we're not always logical. Sometimes we get a little bit emotional. And if you don't hand over all of your worries to God and you hold on to them and you dream about them and you think about them, it'll start to affect your life. In fact, here's what happens. It'll do the opposite of adding a span to your life. It'll start to take span from your life. It'll start to actually subtract things from you because you're going to have to learn how to live carrying the weight and the burdens and the constant worry. And when people try to live with constant worry in their life, they'll try to figure out a way to manage the tension. And when they're trying to manage the tension, what do you do if you're, you're worried all the time and you're, you're constantly in fear, right? You'll find a way or try to find a way to numb the pain of your soul. So what people will often do is turn to vices. They turn to things to numb the pain, but they end up becoming problems in their life. And I tell you, it's so easy to turn to something that will actually take from you. Sometimes people will just turn to alcohol. Why? Well, it's easier to drown out the voices inside your head and to get past the moments of pain that your soul's experiencing. Of course, you'll experience a lot of pain the next morning, but you know, for that night at least, you'll try to experience some kind of manufactured peace that comes by way of drinking too much. It can form an addiction in your life, and then suddenly you've got more problems than you realized. People will turn to anything to numb the pain of their soul. Sometimes people will, they're just looking for momentary relief, something that'll bring joy back into their life. People will turn to pornography just because it's, to watch it is better than to just live with the pain. They want something to take their mind off it, but that can become an addiction. Look, honestly, anything can become addiction if it becomes too important in your life. Maybe it's not that stuff, but maybe what you do at night to deal with the pain of your soul is just binge watch TV and there's nothing wrong with the show that you're watching, but you're trying to disengage from life by watching everything just to drown out the voices that could be in your head. That is a vice. And if you start to have a vice in your life, it'll start to destroy the very things that God wants to bring to your life. I love what Peter Scazzaro says. He says, It is impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. It's impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. When I'm spiritually mature, there's an overflow that's in my life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. What's the last one? Keep reading your Bible, everybody. Yeah, so you experience these, these, these things, this overflow of this good stuff that's in your life. But if you're emotionally immature, you just speak out of pain and bitterness. And there's, there are moments where those things might happen. You just can't live there forever. When you are emotionally not dealing with stuff that's going on in your life, if you stay in an unhealthy position, it's going to affect you in a significant way. I, I think that's absolutely true. If you're constantly living in fear, and worry, 
about things that haven't even happened yet, you are not seeing things clearly. And the Word of God has something to say about that. It says that He's got it. I don't have it. I don't need to have it. He's got it. And when He's got it, everything else, everything else just starts to fall into your life the way that it should. Not necessarily always your circumstances. Your circumstances can remain exactly the same, but your disposition is different. You can be calm in the middle of everything that's going on around you. Because life will throw moments at you. Moments that you're totally unprepared for. Things you never saw coming. So many of us have had those things. And in that moment, when bad news knocks at your door, it demands a response. Sometimes we've got to build up to that response so we can handle the tough things in a mature way. I think it happens over time. I remember many years ago, I was driving home from work and I got a phone call from Pastor Sarah and I answered the call and she's absolutely devastated. She's crying through her words. I can't even hear what she's saying, but I know that something really bad has just happened. She's a total mess. And I'm saying on the phone to her, you, wait, what has happened? Like, can you tell me, like, what is it? I couldn't make sense of it. So I just said, listen, I'm nearly home. I want you to hang up the phone. You'll be okay. I'll see you in a few minutes. I hung up the phone. I got about 10 minutes between where I am in my car and home. So I, I've got options. And what I do is I step into the secret place. Remember God spoke about that? It's the secret place with Him. It's the, it's the place that nobody other, other than you sees and Him. I stepped into the secret place and I begin to pray, God, I don't know what's going on right now. I don't know what has happened at home, but I do know that 10 seconds before I got that call, you're still the same God now as you were then. And I have no less faith now than I did before I received that call. So whatever happens, I know it's gonna be okay. Now just to add a little bit of tension to the moment, Sarah is pregnant with our first child. So of course, when she can't speak, my mind goes straight there. And, and for anybody that's experienced that, you would know it's, it, it, it's deep pain, it's, it's difficult. And that was, I thought that that is what was happening. So knowing that and hearing everything, I'm just praying to God. Lord, I believe that you've got it. God, I believe that whatever, whatever Sarah says when I see her, I'm believing right now that it's gonna be okay. You're still the God of the universe. I still put all of my faith and all, in my tr all of my trust in you, no matter what I hear come out of her mouth. So I pull into the driveway and I get out of the car. Sarah gets out of the, comes out of the house and she meets me halfway. I see her, she still can't speak. So I just give her a hug. And I'm holding her and she's crying. And after a while, I say, Sarah, what's wrong? 
steps back and she looks at me and she says, our guinea pig has died. Are you serious? Are you serious? The guinea pig, Ringo's dead. And I'm like, the worst thing that I could imagine. I, that's what I thought. My, my mind went right there. And Ringo, God bless that guinea pig. <laughs> we had a beautiful ceremony. We buried him. I said some words. It was nice. It was a guinea pig. All right. So that's kind of, I mean, I love the guinea pig, but it's only a guinea pig, right? So, you know, it's, it's a deal, but it's not a big deal, you know, but it's kind of funny now, but I didn't know that when I got the call. Like for that 10 minutes, my worst fears were being imagined right then. So what did I do? Well, rather than worry, I, I just stepped into the secret place. So it's funny now, but I, I didn't know when I decided to start praying. And I feel like that kind of prepared me for the moment that happened just a few years ago. Where Sarah calls me and she says, I'm actually at Marinda Hospital right now. I said, well, what is happening? Please tell me it's not another guinea pig. You haven't taken him to the ER, have you? She's, no, she, she said, uh, well, I'm in a yard because something's not right with my body and I don't know exactly what it is. But they're doing MRIs, they're doing scans, they're doing tests and, and um, well, I guess we'll kind of know soon. And my, my, my limbs feel a bit numb, something doesn't feel quite right. So I got about 10 minutes between this place and Marooned Hospital. I've done this before. How am I gonna handle this one? I'll tell you, I step into the secret place and I start to pray. God, you are the same God. You are the same God that raised Christ from the dead. You're the same God that parted the oceans. You are the same God that, that, that I believed in moments before I got that phone call. So I have just as much faith and trust and hope in you now as I ever have. And just hearing that doesn't change my faith position. I believe now and I believe before and I'll still believe tomorrow and I'm not allowing what might happen to destroy this moment. I'm giving it to you right now, God. And so I start to pray and I start to seek God and I get into the hospital and we walk in there and I'm standing in there and I said, well, doctor, what's going on? And he said, well, we've got options. It's one of three things. It's either a, a brain tumour or what was it? A brain tumour or MS or a stroke. Brain tumour, MS or a stroke. Now I didn't like any of those options, right? Uh, I took option number four, which is to not believe any of that and to just give my worries and my concerns to God. Now the thing is, is that they said we're doing scans today and we haven't found anything, but we're gonna need to do scans in the months to come and compare those scans to see if anything has shifted and changed. So now we have months where we're waiting, but we got options. How are we gonna pass the time? 
We're going to step into the secret place. We're going to get before God. I'm not going to allow every single day right now to be filled with worry. Why? Because I believe, God, that you're the same God that we believed in before we got that phone call. You're the same God that has done every miracle I've ever seen. I've seen healings in my life. I've seen the most amazing things. You are that God. So I'm not going to worry about any of that. And we didn't spend those months worrying. We spent those months giving those things to God. And it is pretty cool that later on we, we gave it to God. They only gave us three options. They came back later and said, guys, we've done the scans. It's none of those things. Now, the reality is we haven't figured out quite everything, but it's none of those things. And I have enough faith to believe today that God is just going to continue to lead our family through this. Why? Because He's the same God that did everything that I've ever read about. And I'm not going to give my heart to worry today. I'm not going to worry about it. I can't worry about it. And it's an amazing thing that happens. Is when you when you give those things to God, you get a, a peace that surpasses your understanding of your present circumstances. And that sounds pretty cool, doesn't it? But don't look for cool things, look for what the Word of God actually says because that's the kind of thing that you can put your faith in. So listen to what it says, Philippians 4, 6-7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, which means urgent requests. Come on, you've had a moment where there has been an urgent request. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And it's interesting that Paul the Apostle who wrote this didn't insert a verse right there. And he didn't say that when you do that, that everything will be healed and everything will be fine and everything will be cured and all your money problems will be solved and you'll have a new job and everything will be great. He didn't say any of that. He simply transitions from giving these things to God in prayer into verse seven and He says, and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, your circumstances might not have changed, but your disposition has, because what you were previously holding, you gave it to Him and now you just trust Him. Man, how important it is to take the things that we're worried about and give them to Him. You got something that you're worried about? Something that's on your mind today? I wanna pray for you. Can you stand to your feet for just a minute? Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.